Hey folks, Voice of God here. It is the Look Who's Talking Fantasy Football Special to help you win your league. If there's one podcast you're going to listen to before you draft, make sure it's this one. Here we go. Freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the first annual Look Who's Talking NFL Fantasy Special. I am the Voice of God and joined by Mr. Huck Media himself, Andy Huckle. Yep, Fantasy Draft. Jeff, where you at? Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, we gave Jeff and Weird Mike the night off. Actually, we cut them because they suck at fantasy and didn't want to distract you from all the gold we're about to deliver. It is draft season. It's upon us. It's finally here. The most wonderful time of the year. And I'm pumped. I've been waiting all of off season, just reading, soaking up every bit of football information I possibly can, taking the good with the bad, cutting out the BS to give you fantasy gold nuggets to help you win your league. If you have any questions, hit us up on social media. We'll gladly give you some advice. You can find me on Twitter at the Fantasy VOG or Instagram at Hughes Talking, or hit us up on our Facebook page. And remember, if you like my advice, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to Look Who's Talking on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Grab your, grab your grandma's phone, grab your cousins, all the phones, and subscribe. They won't even notice. For new listeners or people new to fantasy sports in general, we're going to start things off with a little fantasy slash drafting 101. Will you teach me to football? In the last 10 years or so, fantasy has exploded. There are, there's daily fantasy. There's a tons of different formats. There's best ball, dynasty, redraft, keeper leagues, all sorts of stuff that may seem overwhelming, but just jump into one. And for our purposes here, we're going to focus on sort of the standard league format that the majority of leagues across ESPN, Yahoo, all formats essentially adhere to. Uh, and that is one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex spot, which includes running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends, kicker, and a defense slash special teams. So when you're reading articles online and when you're listening to us for the rest of the season, that's essentially the format that we're speaking about. So when you're talking about picking up guys, dropping players, and you know the values of certain players over others, that is sort of the format because when you add other positions, you know, two quarterback leagues, that sort of changes everything. So that is sort of the gold standard in, in fantasy and what most people play by. Personally, I'm a big fan of half point PPR, uh, PPR standing for points per reception. Um, so there's standard leagues, uh, half point PPR as well as full PPR. Um, the PPR formats really value sort of receivers a little bit more highly. Um, and it's not so touchdown dependent as a standard league is. Um, so if you move the chains, it kind of rewards the guys, slot guys like Jarvis Landry, and the Juli Julian Edelmans of the world that might not be the biggest red zone targets, but are super valuable to their team. Um, and there's really merits to both leagues. But yeah, I'm a half PPR guy. And to be honest, the overall rankings, if you look from a standard league to full PPR, it doesn't change super dramatically. So you know, if you're looking at a cheat sheet for a full PPR league and you're in standard, don't freak out. You're, you're going to be just fine. Um, and in terms of players in the league, I like 10 to 12 guys personally. Um, after that, it really sort of, if you get into the 14 teams, um, there's just not really enough bo serviceable bodies. People are picking up, you know, garbage off the waivers uh, just because they need to play a body. And it's, you know, I think the smarter fantasy players do better in a uh, league with, with just more options on the waiver wire. A couple key terms as well um, that you'll want to know that I'll be speaking about for the rest of the show um, and all season long, ADP. 
more of a pre-draft thing, but that stands for average draft position. That is how the public currently views that player. It's kind of like the stock market. So when a rookie has a big game in the preseason, his ADP goes way up. Um, if someone, you know, gets busted or, you know, injury concerns, it's going to drop into the later rounds. In terms of general draft strategy and guidelines, um, something that I personally believe in and a lot of guys out there do too, uh, focus on running backs early in, you know, your first and second round, really try and get those top tier running backs. Um, obviously the, the Lev Bells, the Ezekiel Elliott's, the David Johnson's, the Todd Gurley's of the world, probably the top four picks in every draft where people know what they're doing. Those are the studs. They're going to get you points every week. You're going to have confidence in playing them each and every week. And the amount of points that they score versus the lower round running backs is, is night and day. So invest heavy in running backs early um, is usually a good way to win a championship. Also, don't be in a rush to get a quarterback. In real sports, quarterback is probably the number, is the number one position that teams need to take care of, not on your fantasy team. Wait until the later rounds. People are going to reach for Aaron Rodgers in the third or fourth. And yeah, he's pretty much the definitive number one guy. But you can get a Phil Rivers. You can get a Ben Roethlisberger in like the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Those guys are going to put up great numbers. And you can focus on the other skill positions earlier. All right, all right. Now that we've covered some of the, uh, the groundwork, the basics, let's move into the voice of God's 10 fantasy commandments. <laughs> Number one, review the final stats from last season. It is a long off season, and we forget things. Take a look at the top QBs, receivers, running backs. See those top 10, the top 12. Makes the start to make some notes of you know guys that you think had a great breakout year or you think they can keep it up in the season to come. But it's a long off season, so just start with last year and sort of build your opinions from there. Number two, mock drafts. I really can't stress this enough. Do your mock drafts. There's plenty of great sites, fantasy pros, fantasy draft wizards, um, that you can do mock drafts all day long. I have the app on my phone. I've, I'm doing it, you know, any free minute I get. It puts you on the clock. It puts that stress in your mind, and you got to make a pick quick. Um, but it really helps familiarize yourself with where guys are going in drafts, who you can wait on, who you need to grab. Um, and you really, you know, can look at sort of patterns is who keeps popping up in your team. Can you wait a little longer and grab them a little later? Um, I've probably got under 100, north of 75 under my belt this season, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Share with your friends. Some of them give you a grade, but don't always worry about the grade that you get at the end of the draft because, you know, they just, if you take the highest pick that they offer, then you're going to get the highest grade. But that's not the way to construct a championship winning roster. Number three. Preseason football is not nothing. Yes, you know, one, weeks one and week two, you see a lot of, you know, rookies, guys trying to earn jobs, practice squad guys, but you, the number ones get in there too. And what you can do is use it to help verify some of the off-season news you've been hearing. A lot of teams are famous, Miami, uh, for every year for saying everybody is in the best shape of his life or... You know, they're really excited at what's coming. And the, the whole team is hyped. And, you know, a lot of people get sucked into that and don't really verify it or do the eyeball check that you can do in preseason. So start to look for some, some patterns. You know, is it a new QB on a team? Is there someone in the red zone that he's targeting to? Is someone a safety blanket? Uh, but you can really start to, start to formulate your opinions and verify them that way. Preseason football, check it out. Number four, have a cheat sheet. I always have lots of printouts. People laugh. 
um, but I consistently win or finish in the you know very top of league. So suck it. Have a cheat sheet because the platform that you're drafting on, whether it's ESPN, Yahoo, whatever, NFL.com, they have their own rankings. And a lot of the times I never agree. And in the first few years that I was drafting, I would just sort of you know be heavily influenced by the guys that it recommends at the very top of the board. But in your own personal board, you may know that you know, they're not taking all the factors, all of the stuff that you know from listening to this show into account. So have your own board and don't get influenced by the auto picks and the recommended picks in your draft platform. Number five, opportunity trumps talent. We've seen a lot of success from rookies uh, entering the league and obviously, you know, taking a shot on a rookie, hoping that they really hit is a great way to win a league. You got to take risks to win it. Um, you know, you look at someone like Ezekiel Elliott, obviously he was a very, you know, high draft pick and he, he came into a great situation. The Dallas O-line was, you know, one of the best in the league and, you know, he, he excelled with that. Um, other smart guys were also drafting people like Alvin Kamara last year. And if you weren't dumb enough to drop him in some leagues, like I may have, that paid off in a huge way. And he was one of the top running backs of the entire season. Um, and obviously, yeah, the opportunity originally wasn't there with Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram ahead of him. Uh, but once AP left town, that he really took off. In summary, you don't have to be a first-round draft pick to have a ton of value in fantasy. Because if you're in the right situation with the right offensive coordinator, you know, you may have fallen in the draft for a silly reason. But if you have a great opportunity, you know, that'll beat out talents that's stuck behind an old vet or a stupid coach that doesn't know how to use them. Marvin Lewis, Joe Mixon. Number six, be a waiver shark. Folks, you got to get aggressive out there. You got to keep an eye out for injuries and pick up the backups of running backs, wide receivers, all their replacements. You got to stay on top of things. Also, more importantly, take a look at who the donkeys in your leagues are dropping. Maybe they drafted a rookie, someone, uh, you know, they've been sitting on them for a while and they're, they're just sick of them not performing or, you know, they haven't had their shot yet. So, you know, they, they got a key injury on their team. They're dropping this guy that hasn't paid off yet. Take a look, grab them. Number seven, know your league. You got to do your homework. You know, whether you're invited into a league at work or, you know, returning back to one, a lot of GMs are sneaky. Sometimes they switch the rules up. Um, so take that extra time, really understand if anything has changed. Is there a new position category? Uh, how many rots, roster spots for each position? Is there IR? What are your league mates like? Do they trade? What is the waiver system like? Is it free agent acquisition budget, also known as FAB, because that's a mouthful. Um, and it definitely should be. If it's not FAB um, waiver priority, then your GM's dumb and you should chirp them. Um, is there a limit on transactions? Again, if, there, if that's in your league, get out of your league and chirp your GM ASAP. Number eight, trust your gut. You have a pretty good idea of who the good teams in the league are going to be. You also have an idea of who the dumpster fire teams are going to be. Try to stay away from the dumpster fires. Um, you know, the NFL is pretty famous for releasing articles about how every team can make the playoffs. And weird things do happen every season, no doubt. But notwithstanding brutal injuries, we can definitely assume a couple of the top spots and the bottom spots. Things, it's in terms of a dumpster fire that I look out for, are is there a new head coach or an offensive coordinator? It takes time for, you know, a full team and players to adjust. Has that star player moved to a new team? Again, new system. A lot to take in. Take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. When Kyle Shanahan left, they had Steve Sarkeesian. They brought him in, and they had a huge regression. 
Matt Ryan went from MVP season to, you know, kind of back to his back to his average, but a lot of people were disappointed in Julio Jones last year. Devonta Freeman, you know, had an okay year, but not quite as electric as he had been under Kyle Shanahan. So take a look at that. Free agent signings, they don't always go as planned. New locker room, new playbook, new schemes. Players' history doesn't always dictate their future performance. Trust your gut. Number nine, don't get personal. I know this is tough. I struggle with it sometimes too. But number one, do not draft guys just because they're on your favorite team. I'm a pretty diehard Pats fan, and I have only once ever drafted Tom Brady in all of his time and my time playing fantasy. Okay? I don't like to mix business with pleasure, and don't get glued on certain guys. you got to be fluid. you got to adjust. Second part of this one is if somebody burns you in the past, let it go. It's a new season. You, you have to look at it objectively. It's, it's a new day. Case in point, good buddy drafted one Todd Gurley uh, his last year, the last year of Jeff Fisher's employment under the Rams. He burned him. He sucked. And he swore off Todd Gurley forever. Last year, Todd Gurley was the offensive player of the year. So don't, you know, don't hold grudges. Don't take it personally. Things change. So should your sports opinions too. Number 10, last but not least, the draft is only the beginning. Okay? Nobody wins the league at the draft. It takes a lot of time and management throughout the entire season to win your league. Between injuries, bye weeks, playing the matchups, you got to be invested, you got to be actively involved, you know, to really, you know, grab those guys that should never have been dropped by certain dumb owners. But the draft is the beginning. Don't get discouraged if you're not in love with your team. Somebody's chirping it. Hang in there. Stay with it. Even if you lose the first, you know, couple weeks of your league, Again, I've gone 0-4 and I've made it to the finals. It doesn't matter. Hang in there. It is a long season. And those are your 10 fantasy commandments. All right, moving now into our injury section. Oh, my God. Oh. Are you serious? I think he fucking shattered it. Um, so this includes guys that got injured last season or have sustained an injury in preseason. Uh, but we're just going to give you sort of a refresher uh, so you're ready for the draft. Starting with quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, the most electric rookie of 2017 before, unfortunately suffering a torn ACL in November. He was one of my guys if you listened to us last season. Um, but all the rehab and reports coming out of camp have been extremely promising, as well as the tape that we've seen in preseason. The guy looks great. He looks back to his old self. I am very comfortable drafting Deshaun Watson, not worried about sustaining another injury. Carson Wentz, very similar, uh, torn ACL, but only one month later. So he's had, I think that's eight months now to recover from it. Um, and unfortunately, that's not always enough time. So initially, they were very confident that he'd be back for week one. Um, and it seems now that he, they're going to keep him out until around week three. Uh, this obviously affects his ADP, and I'm not really comfortable drafting him right now. Um, sort of, you know, wait to hear in the next couple days, but it looks like... Mr. Big D Nick Foles is going to be starting the season for the Eagles. Andrew Luck, shoulder injuries dating back to 2015 led to a 2017 surgery to repair a torn labrum, basically the same surgery that Drew Brees once had before he was a New Orleans Saint. Um, he will be ready at some point and was a top QB before the injury, uh, but it should be noted that it's been over 500 days since he played his last NFL game, so there's going to be some regression. He's you know, I, I don't see him stepping right into MVP form. I'd probably stay away from Andrew Luck. Running backs, Mr. Darius Geis, highly decorated collegiate LSU Tiger running back. 
This one hurts. I was extremely high on him. He was one of my guys that I was looking at in every league. Um, he was a beast at LSU over the th his three-year career there, averaging six and a half yards a carry, second only to Bo Jackson in the SEC. Pretty crazy, but unfortunately, yeah, his season is done with a torn ACL and or MCL. Um, obviously, yeah, if someone drafts him, they should get a new hobby because he, he go. Jarek McKinnon, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, originally left training camp with fear of an knee injury. An MRI revealed that there was no structural damage, um, just a strained calf muscle, which is kind of an ambiguous injury. Sometimes it affects guys more differently than others with some of that explosive um, speed on the field. He's being kept out of the remainder of the preseason games, which is a little hard to judge how exactly he's going to perform um, in the new offense under Kyle Shanahan. But we can look at the past to know that running backs in Kyle Shanahan's offense are great. He was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when Devonta Freeman burst onto the scene out of nowhere. Uh, he's a huge believer of using running backs as pass catchers. Uh, even last season with Carlos Hyde, who is by no means a pass catcher, uh, he ended up grabbing a ton of balls and putting up way more points than expected. So... Stay tuned for this one, but, uh, you know, I'm not quite as high as I w was on him earlier in the year, but I think he's going to have a great season and, you know, a serious breakout candidate. There's also a handful of other guys that I'm going to touch on quickly, all of which I am comfortable drafting this year as of today, which include Mr. David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Rashad Penny, rookie running back for Seattle, all of which I'm comfortable with, and you should be too. Go nuts. Draft him. Moving on to wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. suffered a career-ending, season-ending injury last season. Um, but he is back, looking better than ever. Um, and the Giants rewarded him with a fat $95 million contract. Uh, he says he wants to be a legend, and I believe him. The guy is talented, out of this world, comfortable with him as an early first-round receiving option. Doug Baldwin, he's been kind of, you know, less... Uh, Doug Baldwin, more recently in camp, he's sort of been held out of practice a couple days with some, some minor injuries. Uh, his ADP has dropped quite a bit. I love him. I think he's a great value. Alshon Jeffrey, Super Bowl winner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we found out that he sort of played with a torn rotator cuff throughout the playoffs, which is insane because he was a beast and helped win that title for the city of Philadelphia. Um, he has sort of had an off, up and down off season, and there's talks that he may begin the season on the pup list, which is player unable to perform, and which means he has to sit out the first six weeks of the season. So stay away from Alshon right now. We could be here all day if we go through all of the injuries throughout the league in the, this past off season. Um, but if you have any more specifics, hit us up at Hughes Talking on Instagram or myself, the Fantasy VOG on Twitter. Moving on to the guys that I love and the value picks. These are a lot of guys that, you know, may not be the sexiest pick in the draft, but they consistently, you know, keep ending up on my teams because I think, you know, whether they had a, a down season last year or for one reason or, or another, people are scared off, and I think they're really going to outperform their average draft position, starting with the quarterbacks. I'm going to just rhyme off a couple names here, but Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Pat Mahomes, and Alex Smith. You know, people are going to be going after the Deshaun Watsons and the Aaron Rodgers of the world, but wait until like the 10th round, and I promise that most of these guys will still be available. 
Matt Stafford, again, you know, they have never had some much for playoff success, but he consistently throws 4,000 yards, you know, around 30 TDs. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, had, I think he had six 300-plus yard games last year with three-plus TDs in each. Phil Rivers, again, for 10 years, he's quietly been putting up some incredible numbers, and, you know, people just forget about the Chargers all the time. Pat Mahomes, probably my favorite pick within this group. I am extremely high on Pat Mahomes. The guy has an absolute cannon of an arm, which we've already seen in preseason. He is surrounded by weapons, and he is under the tutelage of Mr. Andy Reid, who is great with quarterbacks, and, you know, they moved on from our next guy, Alex Smith, who is now a Washington Redskin. And, you know, last year he was one of the surprises of the season, putting up, you know, almost an MVP season. And, yeah, he's moving into a great offense with a great offensive mind in Jay Gruden. And, you know, people are going to sleep on him again. And he's he's almost going undrafted. So hold off on your QB and grab one of those guys. Moving into wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders wide receiver for the Broncos. Last year, the Broncos, that was a bit of an anomaly. Their quarterback situation was one of the most horrendous I've ever seen. Their quarterback room contained Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, the limp dick of the NFL, and Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch is probably going to get cut from the roster as he was atrocious. He's now three years into his career. Anywho, they have upgraded at that position. Not to a superstar, but to Case Keenum, a very serviceable journeyman veteran quarterback. Last year, you know, Sanders was dealing with some injuries and is back, um, you know, healthy and ready to rock. Demarius Thomas is not what he used to be as far as getting that separation. And as far as Case Keenum, I think, you know, he's, he's you know, he likes that short sort of safety blanket um, slot guy. And Emmanuel Sanders is going very late. I will take him all day. Amari Cooper. A lot of guys or staying away from him. He had a pretty disastrous season last year where, you know, you could not rely on him. He had one game with over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns that really bumped up his overall numbers, um, and it was ugly. He had a ton of drops. I probably could have had less drops than him. Um, but they bring in John Gruden, who, you know, he, he's already talked about, you know, feeding him the ball. Uh, Michael Crabtree has left the team, um, so there's some more targets that are going to be fed Amari Cooper's way. And yeah, the Raiders, you know, they had they had a rough year last year. Um, his, but yeah, his value has dropped into like a third round type of player. Um, you know, he's yeah, he's going to be fed targets. The, the volume is going to be there, even if he has the drops. Take a look, Amari Cooper, Mr. Doug Baldwin, also big fan of Baldwin this year. Um, his ADP has has taken quite a hit due to some minor injury stuff uh, within training camp in the preseason. But he is, yeah, he's the number one target in the Seattle Seahawks offense for Mr. Russell Wilson. Jimmy Graham is gone. Paul Richardson is gone. There's, you know, over 100-plus targets that need a new home. Um, And Doug Baldwin has always been, you know, kind of old faithful for Mr. Russell Wilson. Another late, super late sort of value pick is Kenny Stills. Again, definitely not the sexiest pick around. He's probably going in like the 12th round right now. Um, but he's had he's quietly had over 100 targets in the last couple seasons. Devontae Parker, which they've tried to sort of force into becoming the number one down in Miami, he's never really panned out into the player that they want. He's dealing with a fractured ring finger right now, and he's going to be held out for the first couple weeks of the season. 
Um, and yeah, Jarvis Landry, Target King, is gone. Those are all up for grabs. Kenny Stills, you know, has been quietly putting up some great seasons. Get him late. Love him. Moving into the running backs. Back to the Raiders. Marshawn Lynch has looked great. He looked like old beast mode that we used to know on the Seahawks. He is now an Oakland Raider with Mr. John Gruden, an offensive coach who's been quoted as wanting to run the ball more. And he's also passed the eye test that we talked about in preseason. It did get called back on a flag, but he had an amazing like 70-yard run just sort of breaking through and breaking some tackles. It got called back, but he had that burst. He had that speed that we know of Marshawn Lynch from years past. Currently being drafted in like the sixth round, grab him. He's a perfect guy if you want to go wide receiver heavy. Royce Freeman, rookie running back for the Denver Broncos, has looked great in preseason. The only guy in front of him right now on the depth chart is Devontae Booker, and I think we all know that Devontae Booker is not the guy. John Elway knows it. The Broncos know it. The fans know it. Royce is easily going to win this starting role and going to get a ton of volume. They want to engage the running game more, and he's looked great in preseason. I'm going to try and grab him in every league. You know, if he slips to the fourth, don't, that's an auto pick. He'll probably go in the third. Still a good value. Another running back, Mr. Lamar Miller. I know what you're thinking, but bear with me. I know that a lot of people may have just turned off the podcast, but Lamar Miller is the starting running back for the Texans. There is literally nobody behind him threatening his job. Donta Foreman is hurt. Alfred Blue is Alfred Blue. So grab Lamar Miller. He's going in the fifth and sixth round right now. And, you know, again, people sort of get painted with a brush of choke artists or whatever. And But the facts are, when Deshaun was healthy last year, he was putting up low-end RB1 numbers, high-end RB2. You can grab this guy in the fifth, sixth round. Love him. These next two guys I'm going to sort of lump into the same category. Sonny Michel and Rashad Penny of the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. Rookie running backs entering the league. They have both dealt with a bit of you know, injury troubles within minor injury trouble within the preseason. Their ADP has plummeted as a result. These are guys you can now get in like the eighth, ninth round. And, you know, you got to follow the picks here. Both teams who historically don't draft running backs high spent a first round pick to grab each of these guys. Bill Belichick would not have done that. Pete Carroll would not have done that if they don't have a plan and, you know, really have a role carved out for them. You know, I think we can, it's, a, it's an imitation league, and people saw the success that the Saints had last year with Alvin Kamara, versatile catch, pass-catching RB, and I think they want to do the same. Again, late running backs that you can pick that could help you win your league. Moving on to tight ends. And probably not new news, this first name I'm going to mention. Um, if you've been doing any sort of fantasy prep, you've probably seen the name Trey Burton. Tight end for the Chicago Bears and Zach Ertz is former backup in Philly. This is an example right here of following the money. After being a backup, um, you know, to Mr. Zach Ertz last year, Matt Nagy, a uh, new head coach of the Bears, handed him a $32 million contract over four years, which doesn't normally happen to backup tight ends. They have big plans for him. Matt Nagy's from the Andy Reid coaching tree, um, who, again, historically really loves to get the tight end involved and in, in, at a high volume. But Trey Burton, he's about a seventh-round pick. Um, you know, he's going to be after guys like Delaney Walker and some of those mid-round Greg Olson-type guys um, and, and could easily finish within the top five of the position. And our next man, Mr. Jordan Reed of the Washington Redskins. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, he has been a Band-Aid for the majority of his NFL career. But 
when he's healthy, the man is a freak. He is the next closest thing to Rob Gronkowski. And finally, his ADP reflects that. You can pick him up in like the eighth round. Previously, it used to cost you like a third round pick. So pick him up late, um, you know, one of those rounds, seventh or eighth. And if he does get hurt, grab one of these next two guys. Mr. David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns. You've probably seen him on Hard Knocks. The guy is a massive target for Mr. Tyrod Taylor, who has always known to like using his tight end. Now, who also likes to use tight ends are rookie quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield. So as soon as he gets his shot, he's probably going to respond to David Njoku. But the guy's a very physically gifted athlete and, you know, is, again, late round value, probably going undrafted in most leagues, worth a shot. And last but not least, Mr. Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals. Basically shown a great report with Sam Bradford on the field in the preseason. Um, he's been involved in 80% of the offensive snaps, so he's, he's going to get involved. He's going to get that work. Um, he's had some great games at the end of last season that a lot of people kind of forget about. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, he's, he was a small school guy, undrafted. And yeah, he's, he's, he passes the eyeball test. He will go undrafted in your league, I promise. A lot of high upside. Sleeper pick, Ricky Seals-Jones. All right, all right. Moving into possible bust candidates. I'm about to bust. These are guys, I'm warning you now, draft with caution. I, you know, they're not ending up on any of my teams. I think that their ADP does not reflect what they will deliver on the field. And that's sort of how I quantify a bust, that they're being overdrafted and I don't like them where they're currently being taken. In no particular order, Mr. Brandon Cooks, newest wideout deep threat for the Los Angeles Rams, who seemingly have unlimited money to play with in free agency. Last year, even as Brady's number one target, he was almost impossible to depend on. He had, you know, up weeks, down weeks. You want consistency, and he's not going to give it to you. He is the deep threat. He has that long bomb, and, you know, hopefully he reels it in, but I don't think he's going to do that on a consistent basis, and I don't like where he's being drafted. You know, he's finished with some great number totals in his short career, and it, you know, it definitely doesn't hurt when you have Breeze and Brady passing you the ball. But there's, there's a lot of mouths to feed in L.A., and guys like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, who've you know, established a rapport and with Jared Goff and have been there a couple years already, I just don't see Jared Goff consistently getting the ball to Brandon Cooks. Don't like his value. Stay away. Another similar guy, wide receiver, Mr. Sammy Watkins, the newest Kansas City Chief. This is a classic example of drafting... The, the guy on name value alone, he was the fir- he's a first-round guy, I believe fourth overall pick in that historic wide receiver draft class, maybe the best ever. But again, there are a lot of mouths to feed in KC, and I just he, he's never done it consistently. I can't put my faith in them. Moving on to Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo, the shiny new car of the league that everyone has fallen in love with, and for good reason. Yes, he's very attractive. Yes, he's going to be a great NFL player. But he's currently the fifth or sixth QB off the board, and I don't like that. He's you know, going in like the sixth, seventh round. The price is just way too high right now. Last year, he, had, you know, he, he went undefeated in his final seven games, starting for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, opposing defensive coordinators, they've got more film on him. And it's just, I think it's time you know, for a bit of a reality check. I think he you know, sinks back, sort of comes back down to earth a little bit, and... He's a reach at his value right now. Hold on. Draft one of those guys I mentioned later. And a running back, Mr. LaShawn McCoy. 
Watching preseason has kind of done it all. The Buffalo O-line looks awful. They lost some huge pieces in the offseason to retirement and, and within free agency. And he's also been dealing with some lingering issues, some hamstring. He's been out for quite a bit of time. He is in that, you know, getting up there in age in sort of the mid-30s where running backs often fall off a cliff as far as in terms of production. I don't have faith, and you shouldn't either. Stay away from Shady McCoy. And one tight end to throw in there for you, Mr. Evan Ingram. He is entering a sophomore season with the New York Giants, and he had an incredible rookie year, and he's being, draft, he's being drafted on that, you know, to reproduce exactly the year he had. Um, you know, Giants were decimated with injury, which led to a lot of opportunity for him. They're adding back OBJ, Saquon, you know, Barkley, Sterling Shepard are all back into the mix with Eli and all going to steal some of that volume that he previously owned to himself because everyone else was honestly dead. Uh, don't like don't like Ingram. Stay away. One last running back for you, Kenyon Drake. He finished the year strong with a small sample size of you know great performances. He was one of those sort of late picks that uh, helped sort of people cr- coast into the finals um, if they were waiver sharks, like I mentioned. Uh, but yeah, Frank Gore, the man who is literally a hundred, um, he's going to eat into some of his carries and. Can you really trust Miami's offense? I, I don't. I want to stay away, except Kenny Stills. Uh, but Kenny and Drake, draft with caution. And again, we kind of mentioned um, him earlier, Alshon Jeffrey. We're still really not sure if he's going to be on the pup list, but if a guy's out six weeks, I'm not waiting for him unless it's literally in the very last round of the draft. Alshon Jeffrey, buyer beware. All right, folks, that wraps up the fantasy edition of the Look Who's Talking podcast. I am the fantasy VOG Stay tuned with us all year. We'll be giving helpful hints to help you win your league all season long. If you have any specific questions, hit us up on Instagram at Hughes Talking or hit me up on Twitter the, at the Fantasy VOG. Happy to help with all your questions. Let us know how your drafts went. And yeah, let's win some money this year. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Look who's talking. And until next time, peace. Peace.